Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good morning, everyone. You're tuned to Community Radio 3CR. Time is just after 730 And, of course, you're listening to the 3CR Gardening Show. My name's Pam Vardy, and we've got to say a very good morning. I'm really happy to welcome back into the studio John Arnott. Good morning, John. Good morning, Pam. How are you doing there? Not too bad. (laughs) Pam is currently obscured by uh, all of these beautiful gerbillions in the studio. And they're all natives, too. It looks fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, brilliant. But we'll get to those, of course, a bit later. Of course. Ah, how's life down at Cranbourne? Going really well, Pam. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah, going really well. Today is, um, well, it's Father's Day. It's certainly Father's Day and a big happy Father's Day to all our dads listening out there. Um, and I was going to say, is it possibly not more importantly, but importantly, <laughs> it's uh, also Wattle Day. Oh, um, right. Yeah, so it's National Wattle Day, which, okay. I, which I, it's always the 1st of September, I think. Um, across Australia, but I wonder in, in Victoria whether it might be better to be the 1st of August, although it is pretty wattly out there at the moment, out, out there in the bush, but I think there's more wattles. But they've been out for been ages, out for John. Time. Yeah, they have. They yeah. really have, at yeah. least for a month, yeah, longer yeah. probably. Uh, we, we have a lot of winter wattles. In, we um, do. Rather than spring, rather than spring wattles. But that's but, what I love about it, because in the middle of this bleak, dreary, grey winter, yeah. you suddenly get all there's, the wattles wasp- 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 just bursting. Pops of yellow. Oh, and, it's um, magic. Uh, mostly, most, mostly yellow. We've we've been on a uh, there's the scarlet blaze, which is the the red. Yep. Um But I didn't realise until relatively recently, as in a couple of weeks ago, that there's a purple wattle. Is it really? I've learned per- that recently as well. Purpurescens. Yeah. Is it the one in Queensland? Yeah, far north Queensland. Extremely yeah. rare, single little population on the side of a road, but it's purple, completely purple. Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird. It's really it's weird. Really cool. <laughs> It'd be really cool if they could propagate it more. Well, we had, we got, we found, we found a packet of seed um, in the Cranbourne Gardens seed store, um, and and we soaked it and it imbibed. It's really old seed that was collected, uh, maybe twenty years ago or something. Um, it hasn't yet germinated, um, but fingers crossed. It might. It you might. never know. Yeah, you never know. Um, so, Good but, but yeah, National Wattle Day, and you know, Australia is, you know, it's the it, it's the ubiquitous wattle. We we talk about, um, uh, you know, eucalypts being the things that define our flora, and that's right. Um, but uh, there's more species of wattle in the Australian flora than there is yeah. eucalypts. There's a, at least, they, I think they say that there's at least a wattle flowering every day of the year in Australia. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because we've got so many species. Yeah, well, over a thousand species. Yes. Um, yeah. And, you know, the wattles are distributed outside of Australia as well and, you know, through India and South Africa. And yeah, Africa. I think even in, um, uh, in the Americas there's acacia as a genus. So it's a really widespread genus. Yeah. Wow. But, we've, but we've claimed it. I reckon. Yeah, we have. We have, <laughs> certainly. We've, we've I remember <laughs> a number of years, a few years ago um, at an international botany conference yeah. because they wanted to, ch- I think the, the African acacias are older than That's correct. our acacias. Yep. And there was a bit of um, botanical um, fist fighting it over who gets acacia. Yep, it and was Australia won. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was uh, that's right, Australia, won. and that broke all of the kind of naming conventions yes. because the naming conventions are if it gets. The first one is the one that sticks, uh, and of course acacias were um, identified outside of Australia 
um, prior to the Australian. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They were they were part of the Australian. Uh, the Australian flora came later. Yeah. Was discovered later. Yeah. Uh, to, to European science or to Western science. Um, so the naming convention would be that you go with the first. Um, but we got it. I don't know how we did it. We must have twisted a few <laughs> arms. That's all I can say. I think that meeting was actually in Melbourne. Ah, um, oh, right. So, yes, so we might have stacked the books. <laughs> yeah. We grabbed every eminent <laughs> botanist we could we find. turned up in droves. <laughs> and what was the, was it Rycospermal or something like that? Or was, I can't recall. It turned into the, a name that no one's going to remember. No, I think it was something like Rycosperma. Or, yeah. um, anyway, so I think the South African wattles and the African wattles are rycospermas or something like that. Uh, but we held on to the wattle, yeah. which is, that's right, it's Australian. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is and it isn't. It is and it isn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it is, um, you know, it is a part of the, it is a part of the Australian psyche. Yeah. Oh, it you know, is, Wattles definitely. are sort of embedded into our, into our culture. Yeah, and yep. wattles, the, the, the ones that flower in Melbourne, you know, in, in early August and the end of winter, they they always get me through the end of winter. Because <laughs> they cheer you up a bit? Yeah, they, like, and um, a friend said this to me a few years ago, it's like they're harbingers of spring for us. Yeah, like, right. Like, you know winter's going to end soon because the wattles are starting to flower yeah, that's in nice. Melbourne. Yeah. It gives um, hope. Yes. Hope <laughs> <laughs> in the dreary, dreary Melbourne winter. Uh, and they're such a, I mean, there's they're such a big group of plants, aren't they? I mean, everything right. from little diminutive sub shrubs to um, you know giant trees. Yeah. You know, think about blackwoods and mm. you know, long term, and some of the in- inland wattles with their really hard timbers and all manner of cultural uses. Yeah, they yeah. grow all through Australia. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. the eucalypts are mainly around the edges. Yep. Yep. Sort of the the. They the drop edge it. third of Australia, yeah. but the wattles go all the way through. They're all through the deserts, and they and they sort of dominate those desert landscapes. Yeah. And that's where the eucalypts will they'll, they'll they'll persist in watercourses and things yep. like that. But that real dry, hard country, the sort of the mulga yeah. plains and the things like that. Yeah, they're devoid of eucalypts, but full of wattles. Yeah, and I mean that's where you find witchetty grubs in in yeah. central Australia yeah. in um, eating through wattle roots. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know what species it is. Don't ask me. No, <laughs> um, no, but I, I think it's a few. I think witchetty grubs might it host on a few. Probably would be a few. I don't think it's Wattles, one in no, particular. No, but yeah, um, they go through all of Australia. Like there, like there is. That's the reason they're our yeah. national our icon, national flower, and national icon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're green and gold. And the, and the green yeah. and gold. Which is probably where we got the green and gold from. I think it probably yeah, is. Yeah, probably yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So sort of embedded into our sort of, uh, yes. you know, culture and, yeah. Um, yeah, so National Wattle Day. Yeah. And I think I think years ago in schools it used to be a big thing and maybe not so much these days. With, mm, maybe. With is Cranburn doing anything I this year? I don't know. Oh, I shouldn't have asked on that, radio. Look, I, <laughs> no, I'll look that up, shall <laughs> <Yeah>. I? <laughs> I don't know, but but um, there are wattles which are uh, the spectabilis are spectacular. Oh, they might, that's my favourite yeah, wattle species. Yeah, I think it species. might be mine too. Acacious. I love the foliage on it. Yeah, it's yeah, the really little pretty. bipinnate foliage, mm. but they're like they're not. It's not super fine. Not super fine. Yeah, they're little. They're like miniature bipinnate foliage or something. Like and that. super quick. Yeah, really quick. Yeah, but yeah. quick to die too. Quick sometimes. to die. <laughs> <coughs> so that means that you just need to plant, a, do succession planting. Yeah, yeah. You know, when it's in its prime, 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 yep. plant another one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and when that's in its prime, 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 plant another one. Because I think. And you don't need to plant them in tube in tube stock. No. 
Yeah. No, well, you could. Yeah. Yes, yeah. In like fact, it, could, might, it might even be better to do that. It would probably be better. And it yeah. would be, if you do have to do your succession planting with them, like it's cheaper to do it that way that, as well. Exactly, yeah. 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 Um, you don't need I, to buy wattles in, in advanced states. In fact, that might be a disadvantage. Probably. I would, would think be. so. Yeah. 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 Structurally disadvantage as well. Yeah. I think the spectabilis at the uh, Cranbourne Gardens started to decline after about 10 years. Yeah. Something like that. So you get, you know, and that's pretty good value. Mm. Yeah. Plant a tube for, what's a tube cost? Two, oh, $2.50, $3. Yeah. Retail. Um, retail. Um, plant a tube, get 10 years out of it. Yeah. Plant another one. What's you know, that? Works out to about 25 cents a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good value. That's pretty good value. Yeah. And, I mean, the value you get from <coughs> when they're flowering, they're absolutely beautiful. Mm. Well, they yeah. cheer you up in winter, apparently. Yes, they do. They <laughs> <laughs> get me through. <laughs> when, I used to, um, <coughs> when I used to work at Karanga, so Karanga Native Nursery in Mount Evelyn is along um, the Alinda Creek runs along the border of the nursery. Okay. And it's Acacia Dilbata. Okay, yep. I can't think of the common name of that. Uh, silver wattle. Silver wattle, yeah. which is the most common, one of the most common wattles in Melbourne. Yeah. And um, the, that would start flowering in in early August. Yeah. And it was just, you're like, oh, that Mount Evelyn fog that just hangs around Karanga <laughs> all winter. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah, that start flowering. Think, okay, spring's coming soon. Yeah, it's yeah, good. Yeah, it's really good. So, happy National Wattle Day. Happy Wattle Day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, officially it is the first day of spring, but yep. I think we're going to have to rethink our seasons. Mm. I really do. Mm. I mean, it, you know, it, it's been feeling as though spring's come, you know, several weeks ago. I reckon. Well, yeah. It was getting lighter, yeah. you yeah. know, by a long shot. Yep. I mean, so much was coming out into bud. Yep. That um, I really think that, that it's too late to leave it till September. Yeah. Well, in Tim Entwistle's book, when does Sprinter start? Um, I don't know the dates, I but it would be about early August. Uh, there's another RPG question that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in fine form this morning. Sorry. Day, you should have been back in bed. We yeah. dragged you out. <laughs> I don't know the boss's work. Um, because I it's think it's early August. Yeah, let's go with that. That yeah, would make sense. That. Yeah. If Tim's listening, like, send us a message. Yeah, that's fine. Text, text me, Tim. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that would make sense. Yes, yeah. it would, yeah. 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 Because there's um, Sprinter and Sprummer. Yes. Yes, and Sprinter is the combination of spring and winter, which, mm. is, which is your point. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That there's not a, it's not a hard... Yeah, uh, this, our four seasons are, are they're, they're really in the Northern Hemisphere construct. They are, oh, they are. Yeah. And yeah. I, I really don't think they apply to us. No. Particularly now as the climate is shifting. That's, yeah. um, we really need at least... Um, how, how many seasons does, does Tim have in his book? Is it six? Six. Six, six feels about right. Yeah. Again, Tim, contact us if you like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it shows we haven't read his book recently. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Um, yeah, that, that's right. And, you know, um, traditional peoples have got all, you know, all manner of seasons. Oh, and, and, right. and what that's based yeah. on often is when things come in and out of flower or um, it's about plants and their production. Uh, you know, plants become productive yes. at certain times and they, 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 they trigger the, uh, the various seasons. That's right. So it's about being in, you know, in sync yes. with, with the natural world. Yes, which also in turn then triggers other, other signs like when the eels are running or, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, fascinating. I mean, it, it opens up a whole world. 
Yeah, yeah it really does. It yeah. really does. But, but I think you're right. I think whilst it's the first of spring, it's been spring-like for some time. It has, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. Yep. Like it wasn't pitch black when I came into the studio this morning and that was lovely. It Sunrise is. Was it does help. Oh, Did you guys see it? extraordinary this morning. Very, the, very I bright. the windows and the house was flooded with orange. Yes. yes. It, was a, it was a ripper. It was amazing. Of course, you know that's meant to be shepherd's warning. Yes. That's what I was thinking too. And What's it is supposed coming? to, the is, rain's coming supposedly at lunchtime. Right. Oh, onwards. right. Okay. Yes. So we've got to make the most of this morning. Yeah, get out in the garden. Once this we get morning, out of yeah. this room, the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we should we should actually say a very good morning to you, Chloe. Oh Foster. yeah, yeah. good morning. <laughs> I just came in and started talking. <laughs> <laughs> if everyone wonders what voice you're listening to, it's Chloe Foster. The dulcet tones. <laughs> Yes, hello everyone. <laughs> okay, I might, I might on that note get to a few community announcements sure. because, of course, things are starting to liven up with spring officially here. Um, now, if people don't know what they're going to do today, if you wanted to go for a drive down to Leangatha, today is the last day of their daffodil and floral show. This is taking place in the Memorial Hall at Leangatha. Uh, the times are 9am this morning, running through until 4 o'clock. Entry is $5. Children are free. Uh, and that's the last day of their show. It's been running since Friday. So uh, if you want to catch up with that, um, by all means, head down to Gather. Also, um, next Saturday, uh, Kyneton Horticultural Society have got their flower show on. This is taking place at the Kyneton Showgrounds. Watts Pavilion. Uh, the times are Saturday 1 till 5, Sunday 10 till 4.30. Entry is free and this is in its 125th year. So that's, uh, that's fantastic. Um, there'll be all sorts of highlights at the show. There'll be an extensive range of daffodils, hellebores, cut flowers, shrubs, pot plants, uh, cacti and succulents, floral art, vegetables and a large children's section. So as I said, next uh, Saturday uh, and Sunday, 7th and 8th of September in the Kyneton uh, showgrounds there in the Watts Pavilion. Now, uh, <clears throat> also on today, if people are down in the Geelong area and you feel like going for a walk, they've got their next guided walk taking place at Geelong Botanic Gardens. Uh, it starts at 2 o'clock. You meet the guide at the front steps of the Geelong Botanic Gardens Entry is gold coin donation, and it's all about plants from China. They'll be looking at uh, all the wonderful plants in Geelong Botanic Gardens that have an origin uh, starting in China. And so many of our garden plants uh, have come from have China. Come from China. No, exactly. You know, rhododendrons, camellias, yes. oh, azaleas. azaleas. And I a believe there's still a lot more to be discovered I'm in China. Sure, yeah. A lot more. I'm sure. Yes. We, we heard, uh, just to run with that thought for a little bit, Pam, we, we, sure. we, we, um, uh, we had a, a conference this week and um, Terry Smythe talked about the Southern China collection at the okay. Royal Botanic Gardens at, at, at Melbourne. Yep. Um, and she collected and botanised and had been on field trips into, in, into China. Just fascinating stuff. Mm. Um, and, yeah, there are a whole um, – it, it's been botanised pretty heavily, but they're discovering new stuff all the time in China, mm. you know, new species. Yes, I'm sure. Areas that haven't been uh, you know, picked over all that much. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, parts of China are quite mountainous and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. not easily remote. accessible and remote. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, complete wilderness areas. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So there you go. Any aspiring um, – <laughs> 
Yeah, plant explorers. That's right. If you want to find new species, go over there. Go over, yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. But there has to be, there has to surely be rules and regulations set around that. Oh, you of can't course. just go and and pull a plant out of someone's bushland. And no, 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 yeah. no, no. There's all, all manner of. Um, Convention about uh, uh, well, as there well, should be, as there should be, even yep. naming things. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, finding things and naming things. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of science that needs to go on. Yeah, you there is. Name a plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is. <laughs> um, but yeah, that and the, the the Geelong Gardens Chinese collection is it's it's really nice. It's a really nice collection. Really, mm. well, really well considered and well maintained. It's a beauty. It's Fantastic. a big, 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 great tour. Uh, yep. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, now uh, also coming up, the Australian Plant Society Keelor Plains Group have got their next meeting uh, next Friday, September the 6th, uh, 7.50 for an 8 o'clock start. Uh, Their guest presenter will be Michael Trenor. He's speaking on Victoria's volcanic plains, blisters, cones and tubes in Western Victoria and their grassy ecosystems. Uh, now, the venue is the main hall at Raleigh Road Activity Centre. That's at 54 Raleigh Road in Maribyrnong. All welcome. If you'd like further information, you can go to their website, which is APSK, sorry, APS Keylaw Plains, all one word, dot org dot au, or you can ring Anne on 9336-3228. Double two eight. So that's next uh, next Friday, seven fifty for an eight o'clock start. Also coming up uh, next Saturday, the seventh, um, Australian Native Plant Sale. This is being hosted by the Australian Plant Society Wilson Park in Berwick, uh, and also the City of Casey Garden Expo. Now it's taking place nine o'clock through till three p.m. Gold coin entry fee for that one. And, of course, it's at Wilson Botanic Park, which is at 668 Princes Highway in Berwick. They're going to have a wide range of native plants, plus raffles, demonstrations, food and entertainment for that one. And uh, next weekend, our very good friends up at Fernie Creek Hort Society have got their spring show taking place. Uh, Now, uh, this will, uh, on the 7th, which is the Saturday, 12 noon till 4 p.m. On the Sunday, 10 a.m. through to 4 p.m. And uh, camellias will be a highlight, but there'll be all sorts of uh, flowers from late winter to early spring. Entry to the show is still $5. Children under 16 are free. And, of course, the show is held in the Horticultural Hall within the Fernie Creek Ornamental Gardens. The address of that is 100 Hilton Road East, Sassafras, Parking is free within the gardens and there are disabled spots near the hall. There'll be two plant stalls selling a good range of plants, including some hard-to-get varieties. The cut flower stall and craft stall will be operating. Light meals, drinks will be available during the weekend, as will a sausage sizzle. And weather permitting, there'll be regular guided uh, garden walks. So um, visitors can also uh, bring a picnic to have in the gardens if they wish. So... That's next weekend uh, up at Fernie Creek there. Now, also coming up, uh, Friends of Burnley Gardens um, have got an illustrated talk coming up by Lindsay Poor. And this is Royal Botanic Gardens in uh, Sri Lanka. 
Uh, now, it will take place on Wednesday, the 11th of September, 7 for 7.30. It'll be held in the main building at Burnley Campus, which, of course, is at 500 Yarra Boulevard in Richmond. 7pm, drinks and nibbles, 7.30 for the talk in uh, main building 11. Cost, if you're a member of the Friends Group, $10. Non-members, $20. And parking is available in the boulevard. Uh, just a couple of other ones that I should mention. Uh, encouraging Women in Horticulture are presenting a sustainability forum. It's entitled Turning Our Waste into Resources. And uh, they've got uh, three guest speakers plus a facilitator. So it's uh, going to be running for, um, from 10 a.m. right through until 2.30 p.m., Light refreshments and lunch will be included. It's all taking place Friday the 13th. What an auspicious date. <laughs> um, it's taking place out at Ceres in the Van Ray Centre, which is, of course, Ceres Community Environment Park in Brunswick East. Uh, for members of the group, $75. Non-members, $85. Student members, $50. Student non-members, $60. Uh, spaces are limited, so they advise to book early. Uh, you can RSVP and payments uh, they want by the 6th of September to events at ewha.com.au. So that's events at ewha.com.au, and that should be an excellent day. Uh, their guest speakers, I should mention, Erin Rhodes, Reduced Waste Advocate and author of the Waste Not Books. Kelvin Ag from Replis, which is Recycled Plastic Products. And uh, Jason Wunderlich uh, from Just Eco Timber, which is Recycled and Sustainable Timber Products. And the facilitator will be Sally Williams, who's former Brand Power presenter, now Sustainability Advocate. Uh, just two more I should quickly mention. Firstly, another Australian Plants in Expo. Uh, this one is taking place 14th and 15th of September in the Eltham Community and Reception Centre, which is at 801 Main Road in Eltham, 10am to 4pm on both days. Uh, entry, adults $5, concessions $4, children free. And uh, this is um, a really, as I say, I've been to this... Um, two years ago now, and it was absolutely stunning. The, the array of um, Australian native plants in full glory was just absolutely stunning. Fantastic. So Sounds magnificent. I really do recommend that one. If, you, if you're at all interested in seeing native plants in absolutely full flower, that's a great one to go to. And, of course, you can purchase anything that's there on display. Yeah, nice. Um, and the last one for me to mention, uh, Melbourne Clivia Group have got their Clivia Expo for 2019. This is Saturday, 21st of September, 10 a.m. through to 4 p.m. Uh, there'll be displays, demonstrations and sales. $5 entry, $4 seniors card holders. It's taking place at the Mount Waverley Community Centre, 47 Miller Crescent in Mount Waverley. And if you have any inquiries, the number 0477 134 863. I'll repeat that. 0477 134 863. Okay. 
I've, been, I've, I've just done some fact-checking. Oh, okay. I've been fact-checking too. You okay. go first. Um, acacia, there's, I'm looking at something called here, uh, an article called Acacia, the Final Decision. Oh. Um, and this is about the naming thing. Yes, we need um, some drum rolls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, summary of the reason that the committees had voted for the conservation of acacia as an Australian name... Uh, there are a thousand species of acacia in Australia which would otherwise otherwise be called racosperma. So okay. if it was going to change, the, the acacia species would have been called racosperma. Which has something to do with the flower, the inflorescence. That's right. Um, That's right. Shape. Shape. Form. Yep. Habit. Yep. yep. Um, but because the Australian acacias constitute by far the biggest genus in the continent, much bigger than eucalyptus, for example... And there's a whole range of reasons that, that so we pitched pretty hard at this. There's, mm. there's, there's ten reasons. Um, multi-billion dollar agroforestry industry. The name acacia has a much higher profile amongst the general public in Australia. Uh, large horticulture industry based their native species, etc., etc. Um, endemism, lots of endemism. Etc., etc., etc. And so the decision was taken that Australia would retain acacia. Um, Vecellia, uh, the other one, and Sengalia for all of the African uh, acacias. So right. all of the African acacias are now called Sengalias. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and all the ones elsewhere in the world are Vecellias. But so ours are acacias. But ours are acacias. And that was Great. about abundance and that cul- and cultural... Um, and, and, yeah, so endemism as well. So a lot of species of acacias that only, only occur, occur here. in Australia, yeah, that's nowhere right. else in the world. So endemism, the fact that it's embedded into our culture, uh, that we've got the most species. And Not scientific at, at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, we, and we probably stack the books. By popular demand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So there we go. So hey, it's great when we win one occasion. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that, that, that'll be a decision that will persist for, forever. So yeah. based on that decision, that could well have been what triggered our whole green and gold culture for Australia. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> it could have so gone the other way. It could have. It could have. Um, that's amazing. And we could have had racospermas, yeah, which is no, nothing, is nowhere near as evocative as... Okay, oh, acacia's acacia. so easy. It rolls yeah, off the yeah. tongue. Easy to remember. You can spell yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, sometimes I do spell it wrong. <laughs> um, no civilian or non-plant nerd would remember racos. No, 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 but everyone would, would know acacia. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a part of that. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, based on those things, the the, um, the final decision yeah. uh, was we'd retain acacia. Well, they had yeah. some level heads on their shoulders yeah. that day. Yeah, that's, that's all I can that's say. Good, isn't it? <laughs> or there yeah. was wonderful. A, or there was a mob or something. <laughs> <laughs> or there was, yeah, or we stacked the books. <laughs> we stacked the books. <laughs> well, I think that's great. Yeah. Okay, if you'd like to uh, ask a gardening question or if you'd like to join in the discussion of our wonderful acacias, do give us a call. The number is 94190155. Or if you'd like to speak to Liz on the outside line, 94198377. Okay, John, last or one time when you were in, and it wasn't that long ago, you've had a lot of problems with with the... um, the central garden at Cranburn with the red soil yeah. that had blown away and weathered and, yep. and been quite and unstable. Yep. That all had to be redone. Yep. 
Then you had this terrible job of trying to work out what you were going to plant, <laughs> grey foliage in the middle, yep. and you ended up with, you had your head between your hands, yes. saying, yep. oh no, thanks the for, final decision. Thanks for reminding me of, of, of that, Pam. <laughs> I was going to bring it up anyway. <laughs> I want to know, I presume they've all been planted out, yeah, I yeah. want to know how it's faring. Really well. Really well. Oh, so, damn it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you can't rip it out now. <laughs> no, yeah. we can't. So we, it was actually, um, so it's the red sand garden discs, which are these grey discs um, sitting in the, in the red sand garden. And it's a, it's a, um, a, a monoculture. So these, these grey discs are, in, in, in a landscape sense, they're um, evoking the sort of spinifex hummocks that you see through red sand country in inland, inland Australia. We couldn't grow spinifex because it was just too wet and cold. Yep. Um, and we did grow a, a, a saltbush, one of the... I was going to say, of the I instantly think of saltbush. Yeah, yeah, but they were highly palatable. They, they are highly palatable to rabbits. Right. Uh, and the Red Sand Garden, it's, um, uh, we, we often have issues with rabbits in there. So the alt, and, and there were some issues with the soil. And yep. So we dug all of the circles out, uh, put some nice um, free-draining soil in, into them, and then we needed to, to decide on what species we'd put back in. There was this exhaustive search of all of the grey foliage plants that we could um, think of, um, and we scored them. Um, and the thing that came out on top... Ahead of all of the salt bushes <laughs> and all of the grey grevilleas and all of the grey wattles and all of the grey, you know, things that you would consider to be, um, you know, Super. appropriate, um, was a westringia, which in it and of itself is okay, but this westringia is variegated. <laughs> <laughs> Only to be seen at a distance. Oh, and you would never know. And it. that's the point. And that's the point. Why might that be an issue, John? Because I have, <laughs> I, I'm actually starting to twitch a little bit here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of, oh, really? uh, of variegated plants. No, no, I, I do find them um, uh, challenging. Oh no, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm, I find them challenging is a nice way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're ill. They're mutated, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're and they're Ill. Ill. They have a virus. Yes, they do have a virus. Yes. Um, and that you know. Uh, <laughs> one of so back at the Geelong Botanic Gardens, um, this is uh, it could fall into the category of workplace harassment <laughs> uh, because out the front of my office the staff planted all these variegated plants when I was on leave. <laughs> I've come back from holidays and there's a, this variegated plant bed sitting at the front of my office. I'm looking out. That to, is harassment. Are <laughs> they ready to film your face? <laughs> your reaction. <laughs> We've got one of our lovely, lovely staff members, a, a fellow called Kai, who's just, uh, he's just a really beautiful, gentle man. He is. Um, and um, the staff at the Cranbourne Gardens sort of put him up to come up saying, uh, we, we explore ideas for new garden beds and um, we've got a garden which is called the Cultivar Garden, which is, you know, bands of different cultivated varieties. And Kai, he was put up for it, but he pitched why don't we convert the cultivar garden into just different variegated plant species? <laughs> but he was stone. He like he was oh, like he, he was really so he did well. it so beautifully. Yeah, and he um, would have asked so politely. It was it was very politely. Yeah, and there's everyone's just kind of looking at this. <laughs> and I, it was in, yes. So I do have a reputation. <laughs> you do, <laughs> and, and and people do press those buttons. <laughs> yeah. But getting back to the Westringia smoky. Oh yeah. Nothing will kill that. No. It's such a tough. It's plant. a great plant. Yeah. 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 It's actually a, a. It's and they're performing beautifully. Good. They're, they're, I was going to say, is is the variegation um, stable? Uh, the, we had eighteen hundred. 
plants. Yep. Uh, and when we were planting, we found six that were reverting green. Okay. So that's pretty stable. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. It's a pretty it low percentage. It just means percentage. you've got to keep an eye on it and yeah. chop that off if That's right. That's right. So, so, we, so we didn't plant those ones that were reverting yep. green. Yep. Um, it's really interesting. If you look really closely at Smoky, the variegation is actually cream, um, mm. creamy yellow and, and this grey green. But it's the way the two colours vibrate that, that gives that, that really grey appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's actually variegated with a slightly cream variegation, but, it's at, not the but worst at a distance. In the world. No, in fact, you, you, can, you, you really have to look hard. You see, I'm justifying it. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not overtly variegated. No, no, and in the red sand garden, you don't look directly. You're not up. The plants you know. up. You're not up close. up in your face. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 I, I, I did, I, I've got, I'm, I'm planting a, a Western Gear Smoky in my garden. Really? Yeah. This You're is a version. so much as a human. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a version therapy, I think. <laughs> um, it's, it's not a bad plant. No. There you go. Okay. That's so big of you to say. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the variegated plant um, health group. Hello, hello, my name's John. Um, yeah, yeah. I've had problems with variegated plants since about 1982. Um, <laughs> but this working is working through it. I'm working through well it. Done. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, Smoky is going to go into the garden, and I almost picked up the pot and brought it in today. But I thought. No. <laughs> no, that's that's one step too far. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Too close proximity. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, just a little bit too soon. So <laughs> I'm glad that, you did. So thanks for raising that. <laughs> no, I'm, well. <laughs> no, not not at all. I think it's. I, w- I was really curious as to how it had worked out. Of course. Out. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and I think it, what that says is that you do need to park your 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 prejudices when it comes to to plants. I mean, the plant you select plants on merit. And, yeah. and this plant was full of, yeah. is, is actually full of merit. Really tough, got the mm. right colour, mm. got the right height. We can clip it. You know, had, has all of the attributes that we need for those for those circles. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, a, you know, a, a, it's stable. It's been around for a yep. while. Bulletproof. Yep. Great. Uh, non-palatable. That's perfect. Well, that's yeah. that's what we're really hoping. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it ticks all the boxes. Yeah. yeah. And and the red sand garden looks fantastic. Oh, it's great. Really, it's really starting to fill. Yes, and, and 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 look good. Excellent. I think, um, and and the, it was a really nice thing. We brought in, um, f- we had a friend's. It was a community planting day when we planted these sixteen hundred, as it were, um, Western Gear Smokies into the red sand circles. And we also had students from Chisholm right. come along. We had fifty five people in yeah. the red sand. Some garden. of the Cranbourne friends were involved. As yeah, well and the too. Cranbourne friends yeah. were involved. Yeah, yeah. And it was just a really lovely day. It was a really lovely. We had we by eleven thirty. Um, we planted 1,600 plants, so all the circles were planted Fantastic. by, by, you know, by wow. lunchtime, and Gosh. you know, had the old sausage sizzle to mm. mark the moment. And yes. it was actually really a really lovely day. It See the really power of volunteers. Extraordinary. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Extraordinary. We were recently up at the Mildura Botanic Gardens, which is not in Mildura; it's just over the other side in New South Wales, uh, and they have. 120 volunteers, which is significant. That's a large group. It's a yeah. large group. Mm. Um, uh, 12, sorry, it was 14,000 volunteer hours per annum. Wow. Gosh. Extraordinary. That wow. is extraordinary. I checked. So, sorry. Yeah, you How many, is that Botanic Garden run by volunteers or is it a bit a, of council? A, 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 it is a bit of council. I think there's three employees, but it's a 150 hectare site. So yeah. it's a really big garden. I've been garden. up to Mildura a lot, but I 
just haven't got there yet. Right, it's yeah. it's worth a look. It's a it's yeah, a, it's a really interesting garden. Yeah. But fourteen thousand hours of volunteering. Wow. I, I saw John Bentley from the um, Melton Botanic Gardens recently, and. Um, John said, oh, well, we can beat that. <laughs> of course <laughs> we can. <laughs> uh, so I think John was estimating that it was 17,000 hours or something like that of, of that annually. Yes, that, right. That people are volunteering out west for that botanic garden yes. and doing all manner of roles. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I think in the Melton Garden, um, it's actually hands-on establishing the, 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 the landscape. Um, uh, so what was happening up at the Mildura Botanic Garden? We had a, a vegans committee meeting, yeah. um, uh, and we what we, we try and the committee tries to visit a regional centre every every year, um, and uh, yeah, so this year we took the big drive yeah. up to up to Mildura, um, and it was yeah it was really it was a really productive day, uh, and it gave us the opportunity to sort of advocate for the for the for the for the gardens. It's uh, a, a garden that was established in 1990, uh, and it's super eclectic. So, so pe- different people have come in, different members of the community have come in. I mean, there's, there's been a master plan which has guided it. Right. Um, but there's lots of like, probably whimsical planting. Someone liked a particular group of plant, and all of a sudden there was a collection of that. I think there's a rose garden up there. There's a, isn't there's there? a really nice rose garden. Yeah. There's a really nice rose garden. But it's kind of it. It, it is. It, it's a um, I, I think whimsical, yeah. eclectic. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. not eclectic, eclectic. Makes yeah. more sense. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah. So we were uh, we were able to sort of sort of uh, do some guiding and, and suggest uh, a review of the collections and what that might look like, and um, you know, just that that sort of gentle. But it was a peer review, effectively. Mm. It was you know some of the you know ten or ten of the committee. Um, and you know, we had the opportunity to do a report at the end of it, which was really valued. Yeah. Um, but the big thing that came out of that for us was just that the power of the volunteers, and and just it, it's a garden which is of the community for the community. Yeah. And and the community's just completely embedded and invested in that mm. garden, which is the which is lovely. It's the Melton, oh, it's, it's the Melton model. It's the yep. Yep. model. Yeah. There's a there's quite a few botanic gardens now which are um, community driven mm. and council supported. Yeah, fantastic. Yep. Yeah, it, it, it was interesting that that advocacy role of vegans. We went. We also visited Shepparton Botanic Gardens recently, uh, and they were really struggling to for get the resources from council to support the garden. So Shepparton's one of the newest ones. One of the new gardens. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And it's Australian native. All Australian all plants. Australian native. Um, really yeah. interesting concept. Is quite that a, TCL design as well? No, but no. it looks like a TCL design. Ah, oh, that's right. So it has our, something there. It had a, has, yeah, it's a really contemporary garden with you know, very much narrative-driven. So it's a TCL approach. You should tell listeners what oh, TCL sorry. is. Oh, I should. Sorry. Uh, Taylor, Cullity and Lefleen. Who are the main designers for, for the Cranberg. For Cranberg the Australian Garden. Gardens. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and um, they've done some really interesting work all over the place there. Yes. Oh, it, probably as good as it gets in terms of landscape architects. Yes. Um, but the Shepparton Garden... Um, they, but they've been struggling to get council support in terms of um, uh, maintenance, mm-hmm. and uh, we had the opportunity to, uh, as a as a vegans group, um, point out that that's probably not best practice, and you know the importance of um, maintaining this this really important asset. And the good news is they've got a staff member now, great, which is fantastic. Now, now vegans can't claim that as a, but but but. 
the, the influence that just that advocacy role yes coming from the peak industry group and and certainly the friends were were uh, the friends can can claim it it's because they've been advocating for years and years mm. and years for for more council support mm. um, but the more support from more different types of bodies and people or whatever always helps those always oh, helps yeah absolutely. that's right yeah that's right yeah um so yeah volunteering you know we'd be even the big gardens, like the Cranbourne Gardens, if it were not for the friends, mm. you know, the friends are just, they're part of the fabric of the gardens. Oh, absolutely. They're yeah. our, the, the, and there is a, a, an absolute correlation between effective friends groups and botanic gardens that are doing some great things. You know, the friends of the Cranbourne Gardens are, you know, it's the who's who of the Australian plant world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really That's is. That's right. Exactly. It really is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, the, the, their programs and, you know, just the, the newsletters, the, the field trips, the, the, just the quality of the programs that the, mm. the Cranbourne Friends mm. are involved is, is, is probably second to none. Mm. It's probably second yeah, to none. Yeah, it's pretty special. Yeah, it is pretty yeah. special. Um, what's the feedback uh, with um, Kyneton Botanic Gardens? Because when you're on last, Margot MacDonald rang in and she was talking about the problems they had with council um, yep. wanting to, to give any sort of support yeah. to their gardens. And I think, I think you're invited to be guest speaker at their AGM, weren't Th- that's you? That's right, yeah, yeah, which is in mid-October. Right. Um, and, yeah, look, I mean, the Kyneton Gardens, I think the really good news for the Kyneton Gardens is that there was um, the Kyneton Gardens. There was a, an incursion of a caravan park into the Kyneton Gardens, and the caravan park's now gone. They've got rid of that. They've got rid of that. Yeah, that was, that was, that good. was a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. So that's now again back as as Botanic Garden. Fantastic site, you know, the creek running through the oh, heritage yes. trees. Um, but yeah, suffice to say that the level of support from council is not optimum. I'm hoping um, they're all going to be invited to the AGM. Yeah, that, that's, that's right. And 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 Margot and I have plotted a <coughs> plotted. Um, yes. We've we've uh, we, so I, I'm I'm speaking, but I'm speaking about um, uh, just the importance of, of of gardens and looking at some of the regional gardens in the state that have turned it around. Mm. You know, the Bendigos, the Geelongs, yes. the, the Warren Balls, and that and that's all been about appointing a curator or a head gardener, or someone with responsive carriage yes. and responsibility for, for, for maintaining those gardens. Yes. So I'll be talking about the, the, um, the importance of having a dedicated horticultural um, manager or curator or head yep. gardener yep. And, and how that has worked for many gardens in the state. Fantastic. So sowing the seed. Yes. Yeah. Good, plant, Good plant, on you. Yeah. Go, John. Yeah. <laughs> go, Margot. Yeah, go, Margot. Yeah, she's putting a lot of work and effort into it. Yeah. Know. Yeah. And and Macedon Shire has actually got three botanic gardens in the Shire. There's Malmesbury, yes, uh, Kyneton and Gisborne. That's right. And and uh, uh, again, Gisborne is, um, you know, they've got they've got a really ambitious. Uh, that, that, they're all really great sites. They just need to be, and 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 good friends groups, really good master plans, or they know what they want to do mm-hmm. yeah. in each of those in each of those three gardens. Um, but finding the resources is is, is, the, is the challenge. Yeah. But at least they've got a, a, a definite plan to yeah. work to. Yes. And work towards. And work towards. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I absolutely. think that's crucial. Yeah. It yeah. can't just be haphazard development. Because that's that, that, that's when you start to get the the kind of the Mildura um, thing going, on where it just becomes not unwieldy. Um, but not just not cohesive, not completely cohesive. That's right. Eclectic is, yeah, it <laughs> yeah, becomes yeah. Ec- ec- eclectic. But yeah. it also potentially creates friction even amongst the, the 
the well-meaning volunteers because everyone has their own ideas. Exactly. And, and yeah. you have to have a, some sort of a... And people come and go. That's right. People come and go, but you have to have a dedicated horticulturist. That's so right. I think it's you really do. crucial. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. a public garden. Like, yeah. you need a exactly. professional looking after it. it just yeah. It seems like a, um, you know, an, a given. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It does to it, us. Yeah, it does to yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Mildura Gardens. Um, Judy Allen, who actually founded Vink, the Victorian oh, Indigenous yes, Plant Nursery, yes. she, she's sort of the honorary curator okay. uh, of the native plant bits. Um, okay. uh, so, 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 um, and that's really good. And the difference that, that Judy Allen is making up there is, you know, it's it's marked. Fantastic. So those, and there's a sort of a core area in and around the buildings that that, that Judy's looking after. Yep. Um, so, uh, you know, in effect, she's the head gardener of that section. Right. Uh, but in an honorary capacity. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. With your um, Began's hat on, do you get to visit many of the gardens during the year? Uh, we, 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 the answer is yes. Uh, cumulatively, over the last 10 or 15 years, we've visited practically every um, botanic garden in the state. Wow. A, a, as, a, as a committee. Yes. Um, so... You know, the Victorian Begans um, uh, group is, it's by far the most active regional group of, of I- I- any of the groups. New Zealand's pretty active, but there's Begans New South Wales and Begans Queensland and, um, and all the other states. But, yep. uh, you know, we had a meeting um, last week in, at the Melbourne Gardens, which is a Begans meeting. We had 130 delegates, 100, 130 people came from 40 different institutions. Wow. Wow. Um, it was incredible. It yeah. was actually incredible. That's and, great. And the program that we pulled together would stack up in any botanic garden. Um, you know, we've got the World Congress uh, in a couple of years at Melbourne. Oh, yes, in Melbourne, yes. What, what was delivered at, at the Melbourne Gardens during the week, that would have, that would have comfortably sat in the, in the Global um, Botanic Garden Congress. That, that, w- that could have been a day's um, wow. com- conference. Okay. And, mm-hmm. it, and it would have been... Completely fine. The, yep. the subject that you were talking on was a pretty interesting, big topic. Big as picture. Well. Yeah. There were lots of C words. I there think. were lots. What was it called? <laughs> Please um, tell me. Uh, climate, co- climate, conservation, collections, and community. Right. Yep. yep. There's some big topics. There's some, there's there's some big, big topics. Very big topics. So, so um, the, I guess the two main themes coming out of that were the, the landscape succession plan for the Melbourne Gardens is about future-proofing the Melbourne Gardens. Yes. Uh, and it's a really interesting model that other botanic gardens could adopt. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the Melbourne Gardens, they did, it's, it's, it's leadership, it's proper global leadership. And the Melbourne Gardens have sort of founded a, a thing called a Climate Change Alliance for Botanic Gardens, which is essentially botanic, it's a toolkit, if you like, for botanic gardens in future-proofing their collections okay. based on the landscape succession strategy. So, th- so that was explored in, in, in a lot of detail in, during the seminar, um, from the likes of Peter Symes, who's the senior curator at the, at the Melbourne Gardens, um, and a fellow called Dave Kendall, who um, I think I have a bit of a man crush on. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dave, he's a, he's a horticulturist, he's an ecologist, uh, he's a social scientist, and he spoke to all four of those things. Wow. Yeah, so so you know there was so he spoke about the climate thing. Mm-hmm. He spoke about the impacts on collections. He spoke about um, c- community and the the role of botanic gardens in telling in telling stories and um, that kind of shop front into yes. the, the the whole range of environmental issues and 
um, you know, places of uh, I- I- information and inspiration and ideas and action. It was a cracking talk. It was a really, really great talk. The good thing is that we had the resources in this case because it was supported by the Helen McPherson Smith Trust, who were supporting the Care for the Rare project, which oh, is okay. that multi-site conservation collection. Right. Um, so we actually had the capacity to be able to video the, the whole conference. So we'll, be, we'll have YouTube clips, um, and we'll be able to upload those. Um, right. Oh, so so you know, anyone has got the capacity to hear um, uh, Dave Kendall talk about those, that, 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 that topic. Uh, so yeah, all of the all, all of the speakers were um, were videoed. We brought in a videographer on the, for the day, which is really good. That's new. Yeah, it's new. Yeah, yeah, it's really new. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah it was great. Uh, and but it went from that kind of really big picture global thing. Um, uh, but Barb Pye, who was the instrumental person behind the Euclid Arboretum at the Melton Botanic Gardens, right, stood up and talked about the uh, the approach that they took. Okay. To, to establishing the collection at the Melton Gardens. Excellent. You know, 450 millimetres of rainfall threshold, yep. grow plants that occur naturally in those areas. And it was really beautiful. Barb stood up and said, when we started this project, we had $100 in the bank. Wow. <laughs> this is the Melton Botanic Gardens. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we had $100 in the bank. Wow. Um, so with that, uh, you know, all we could really do is buy seed and grow the plants on ourselves. Mm. And it was just this really quite beautiful presentation about that can-do attitude and that volunteering thing. Mm. Um, and, you know, the, the Melton Arboretum, I think that's, you know, that's, if not already, one of the most significant collections of eucalypts in Australia. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Yes. yes. It's very special. Yeah, it's very special. That Melton, you, you have, um, there was that big talk, sorry, I can't remember, um, Kent, Dave Kendall. Dave Kendall, yeah. Did a big talk big on talk. all those massive topics, and yep. then you get Melton coming in and yep. going, "We had a hundred bucks." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was they just bring you back down to earth, people from that botanic garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incredible. It is incredible. So, so the, that's right, and 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 that speaks to. Oh, look, it was a really terrific day. I'm I'm extraordinarily proud of 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 this group of. This begins Victoria Group and, and, and what we're doing. Where's Dave Kendall based? Dave, I- I- interesting. He, um, he's, his background, he started life as a computer um, programmer. Good heavens. Oh, good. Yeah. I couldn't think of anything further from no, what I, he's doing. I know, absolutely. <laughs> and, and then he studied horticulture. He was almost the founding father of this um, urban ecology movement. Okay. He worked for... Uh, uh, RQ, which was the Australian Research Centre for Urban Ecology, which was a division of the Royal Botanic Gardens for uh, for a while. Mm. Um, he's now um, uh, at the University of Tasmania as a uh, as a lecturer. He was on the threatened species um, the, the the panel that lists um, species, the conservation status of species. An extraordinary man, mm. absolutely extraordinary. So he's ca- currently at the University of Tasmania. Okay. But a, a, a horticulturist, an ecologist, a social scientist, um, and you know, as what good a great as, combination! Uh, yeah, and as good as it gets in any of those disciplines. Yes, is an extraordinary. Oh, like I said, I've got a bit of a crush. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to. Yeah, I think yeah, we yeah. all would. <laughs> and and um, and he played bass in a punk rock band for, for years and years and years. <laughs> what a cool dude! <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like he's super cool. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> uh, oh, great. No, it was uh, it was a cracking day. Excellent. It was really good. We've um, had one of the listeners uh, ring in on the outside line to ask if I would repeat the information about the Australian Plants Expo that's coming up. 
this is taking place at Eltham Community and Reception Centre, uh, which is at 801 Main Road in Eltham. And it's happening on 14th and 15th of September, so not next weekend, but the weekend after. 10 a.m. through to 4 p.m. on both days. Uh, adults $5, concession $4, and children are free. Okay, a reminder to listeners, if you'd like to join us this morning, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can ask any garden question you like, or if you just want to um, add a comment into what we've been talking about, do give us a call. The number is 94190155 to speak to uh, John or Chloe, uh, or if you'd like to have a chat on the outside line to Liz, 94198377. Don, I've got a bit of a, this is, this is one for the diaries, but it's actually not that far away because this is taking place 2nd to the 5th of October, and this is for um, the Cranbourne Gardens. Okay. Uh, something special that's happening, and it's, it's asking for resident action to help save um, the now nationally endangered southern brown bandicoots. Okay. All right? So... Um, What's taking place is over those four days, uh, Cranbourne Gardens is going to be home to a huge Southern Brown Bandicoot sculpture. Yep. Now, they've lined up um, some artists who are going to be uh, uh, creating this. It's being created using uh, sustainable local Kunzia ericoides uh, that's become weedy out in the bushland, so yep. that needs to be stripped out a bit anyway. That's right. So that, that sculpture is going to be um, created out of all of that. And families, now this is the community side, yep. can help create shelters for the bandicoots and contribute to conservation. So the little bungalows, I love that concept, a bandicoot bungalow, <laughs> <laughs> will then be introduced to the local community to create habitat for bandicoots. So visitors will have the opportunity to see the world as a bandicoot does through craft and science activities, uncovering the secret world of um, these native marsupials. Yeah. What a great idea. It and is. people can become citizen scientists, uploading their pictures of bandicoots, birds and plants, um, and uh, connecting their data with scientists across Australia and the world. How good is that? It's a great program. Brilliant. I, I, I think... Possibly since the inception of the size, Cranbourne has aspired to have a big bandicoot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we, we're going to get one. It's like yeah. the big pineapple yeah, or yeah, the... That's yeah, that's right. Yeah, the big banana. Yeah. <laughs> the big prawn and the big bandicoot. <laughs> yeah, the big koala with yeah. dad's balls, which, which is a, a bit disconcerting, I must say. Yeah. big koala ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I look, don't think this bandicoot's built to last, though. Uh, look, we'll keep it on site as long as we can. Yeah, but it is um, going to disintegrate. Oh, look, because it's made out of... It's a stick bandicoot, yes. effectively. I... I actually saw, um, and and I can upload this onto the 3CR um, Facebook oh, page. Oh, do that because we've seen the the, the shell yes. of, of the oh, bandicoot. Right. Okay. But maybe we could we could um, uh, um, upload pictures and installments over the next couple of uh, next couple great. of weeks. Um, but I, I, I certainly saw the, um, uh, the, the 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 what would you call it the skeleton. Yeah, of the, the big the shell yeah. of the big bandicoot, it's 2.5 meters tall and 4.5 meters long, so right. it's big. Yep. It is a big bandicoot. Wow. Um, and, and 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 you're right. It'll be it'll be woven in with Kunzia ericoides, which Bergen. Yep. Um, which 
it's possibly an indig- indigenous plant on site, um, but Kunzia ericoides can get ecologically out of balance really, really, okay. really easily. Um, yep. So it, it is a weedy native. Uh, so we'll be harvesting the Kunzia and that'll be woven in uh, to make the, the, the big bandicoot. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Uh, we saw... We saw it, we were hoping that we could do it with native grasses, um, but we we just didn't have the capacity to be able to harvest that much uh, native grass off the site. Yeah. I don't know if they would have had quite um, the structural component. But wouldn't you need something a little more woody? It was based. It was based. The the concept is based on. Um, it's a Japanese. Japanese have been doing big things out of rice, out of the rice harvest. The, the culms after after the rice har- harvest. Okay. But, so there's there's a whole festival of sculpting animals using rice. Okay. Um, uh, you know the rice culms. Um, so there was a big um, bilby. <laughs> the big bilby. <laughs> there, was a, there was a big bilby, and I think that was the inspiration for the big bandicoot, and that was made out of grass, wo- yes. woven grass, okay. and it looked okay. fantastic. Okay. Um, so, but we couldn't get that much um, grass, so we've gone with sticks. So it'll be the stick bandicoot. Right. Yeah. It looks fantastic. Is it going to be on the Ian Potter Lakeside Ian lawn? Ian Potter Lakeside lawn. Yep. Yes. Um, and like I say, it, 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 it certainly won't. It'll, it, it's there for the four days of the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, Surely you guys will fight to just keep it around for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that it's there for <laughs> yeah. four months. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or even longer. Over summer or yeah, something. Yeah, that'd be, yeah, that'd be great, yeah. So it'll just be, you know, how it... Because you don't want a dishevelled no, big no, bandicoot. No, exactly. You know, that would, that would do the, the cause and injustice. It would start looking <laughs> like a koala at that sort of point. That's right, yeah. slightly dishevelled. That's right. <laughs> um, but it, it's, really, it's really speaking to... Um, uh, this, we've, the, we've got a, a new position in the structure, uh, which is a fixed-term position called a Bandicoot, Bandicoot Outreach Officer. That's Charlotte Fletcher. Uh, and her role is to really talk to the people in and around um, Cranbourne uh, about creating Bandicoot-friendly backyards. Okay. Um, the idea is that we've got this um, robust population at the Cranbourne Gardens, but we don't want to be an island. Of, yes. Because you know, there's all, all, all these issues of... You know, kind of inbreeding and, and, and things like that. So, so ideally, the, the Cranmer Gardens, the bandicoots have got the capacity to migrate into the surrounding landscape. Okay. And if residents and people in Botanic Ridge, the new suburb, uh, are setting up gardens that have got enough habitat to support bandicoots, um, that that would be a terrific thing. So it's a bit of an outreach program, looking at um, uh, the potential for for gardens proximate to the people's gardens, home gardens, proximate to the Cranmer Gardens as being. Uh, viable places for bandicoots to colonise. To me, that instantly um, screams out that you need some sort of an educational program exactly. for all those local residents. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's what Charlotte's role is to deliver. Right. So, so we've, there's actually someone on the books which is doing that work, which is fantastic. Oh, yes. Funded by Delwip, so it's not funded by the, the gardens per se, but funded by the Department of Environment, effectively. Oh, that's good. So it's a state government initiative, yep. um, which is really good, which is really good. Uh, and so, I mean, the, the the work that Charlotte's doing, whilst it's um, based on the bandicoot and creating bandicoot habitat, it's also about, you know, the stuff that A.B. Bishop talks about, that backyard biodiversity and habitat and yep. for all manner of, of, yep. of urban wildlife. Yep. Creating yeah. a garden for everyone. Creating a garden for everyone, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a really cool appointment, and I think um, with... Uh, um, with, with, with Charlotte coming on 
it's just yeah it's a really it's so hence the big bandicoot so we'll, we'll, we'll be doing some interesting things in the bandicoot space over the next little while absolutely and i'll be mentioning that over the next few weeks in the lead up to it just to remind it would be great if some of our listeners got involved and, and went down and uh yeah help create some of these amazing uh little structures for bandicoots yeah it'd be very yeah good. It'd very, be very excellent cute. yeah uh, we do have our first caller. Uh, good morning to Kevin in Dingley. How are you? Yes, thank you. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. All right. All right. I appreciate it. Look, I've got a couple of questions. The first one is broad beans. Oh, the, the ones I've got are very strong, healthy plants. Uh, they've got lovely flowers on them. Right. Uh, but they're not just not setting beans. Uh, they've had a feed of potash. They get plenty of sun. But I'm just worried uh, about pollination. I don't see any bees around. And I, I don't know if it's too early because I have seen broad beans uh, for sale in the shop. So someone's growing them somewhere. I wonder if you've got any thoughts about it. I, I, think, it's, I think it's been very cold weather. I think if you're patient, I think we're starting to get more sunny days. And I think that will, um, you'll find that they will start to set um, beans, you know. <laughs> Um, there are there are some very early varieties, and um, I suspect these are what um, a lot of the uh, the ones that you're seeing sold in the shops. They've, they've been um, they've been probably uh, using these much earlier varieties. But I think if you're patient, uh, you should. I, I see no reason why you won't get um, bean setting. All right. Uh, now, this, do they need bees? Probably a silly question, but I don't see any bees. I don't look for them, but uh, I don't see any around. Uh, is that a problem? Uh, you, do you have any other plants nearby um, your veggie garden or where you've got them planted? Uh, yes, there are, and the neighbours have uh, the sort of trees that attract bees, but obviously I don't go in there and I don't, I don't well, know if there are any there or not. What else have you got in your veggie garden? Uh, in the garden around the broad beans? I, uh, I, I, I actually, not much really, not much really, no, so it's just a small block, yeah. Okay. I actually don't think bees, I think peas are self-pollinating. Uh, I actually don't beans. think they're... Beans. Oh, sorry, sorry, beans. Broad beans. Uh, yeah, I think beans are largely self-pollinating, so... Um, I was thinking that because the the shape of the flower isn't necessarily a flower that would attract a bee. Um, well, there's no... can't see any pollen in the thing to, you know... To no. Do it, so, no. Uh, look, I've just got another brief question. Yeah, sure. A, a general comment on uh, heat propagating things like heat and grow with the... The uh, the heated floor yes. and the plastic cover. Any general comments on that? Um, look, it's as far as I'm concerned, it's a bit of a luxury. I think if you're wanting to raise uh, vegetable seeds, for instance, um, a sunny windowsill um, or on top of a refrigerator um, can be just as good as as actually a, a heated, you know, propagating. Um, uh, tray with tray. And most, most of the time they will your seeds will germinate without heat. It just takes a little bit longer. Yes, but if you can if you can put them into a warm sheltered position, yeah. um, you know you shouldn't have too much problems in in the average suburban house. All right, and and just one small last question. Uh, I've put some on the uh, hot water service outside, and the cornflowers come up, but the cornflowers seem to come up anywhere. So <laughs> comment on. On that, if it, maybe it's too hot there. So that's like a that's a really innovative bottom heat approach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard of someone recently doing the same thing. Yeah, no, that's not. Yeah. That's uh, 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 is the concern that it might get too hot. 
Oh, oh yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. So yeah. maybe maybe like a, a a tray in between just to have a yeah uh, you know lift it off so it's not actually contacting the the top of the metal might be an idea. Yes. Just. Yeah. And and right. and also, yep. is it sheltered or are they left out there overnight? Like, could uh, it could they be um, susceptible to frost or to oh, um, yes, yeah, yeah. you I, know possums I, I, coming I could, in? I could, I could cover I could cover them, of course, but yeah, it's just a matter of experimenting. Yeah, well, for sure. That's all I need to know. Thank no you worries. Very much and maybe okay. maybe on top of the hot water system, it might actually be in you know how under the eaves it's actually quite dry. Yes. So yeah. you know, keeping the moisture a little up bit would of be spray each day. I think you need the yeah. moisture. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, all right. Thanks a lot. Yeah, nice one. Man. Okay. Thanks, Kevin. Bye. And we must say good morning to Ellie in Armadale. Oh, good morning. Go ahead. Um, G'day. I'm just reporting that um, my um, I've got a clumping bamboo, um, uh, which is a very commonly used one um, called Old Hamii, and it has suddenly gone into bud and uh, the buds are not uh, open yet but uh, it's definitely in flower okay uh and um there are all sorts of dire stories about uh, bamboos going into flower i've spoken to um to two uh bamboo growers mm-hmm. and um because you know the uh, the story is that uh, once a particular bamboo goes in goes into flower it dies, and it does that throughout the whole world. Yes. Uh, and uh, drops seed, and, uh, you know, some of the seed will uh, will germinate. Um, and, of course, because it's the most popular clumping bamboo that's uh, sold, apparently, in, in Australia, um, if this happens, it's really going to be pretty dire for, um, uh, for, the, uh, for the growers. How old is the plant that you've got in? Oh, quite old. Okay. And it's in a pot. But it's, been, it's very healthy. Uh, my, my understanding is that, that um, bamboos can die after, the, after flowering, um, uh, but not always. Uh, so it might come down to the individual, in, individual plant. Well, uh, one of the growers said to me that, uh, you know, the story about the species dying out once, uh, you know, they start uh, flowering. Uh, he, he said, well, it really comes down to the mother plant. If they're all descended from the same mother plant, then that is that is the case. Sure. But, of course, they're all descended from the same mother plant if you go far enough, that far enough. Yeah, it, it's, um, I mean, there was a, back in the 1980s, I think there was a huge flowering of um, some of the bamboo forests in China, which actually became a threatening process for the giant for the, pa- for the giant pandas because they that's you know that's their their diet you know a, a, yeah. a, a bamboo to a panda is a, a gum tree to a koala yeah. Um, yeah and that became a threatening process because big stands of, of uh, natural bamboo forest actually died out yeah um, so so it, 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 it's it, that's right uh, a bamboo when a bamboo flowers it, it they can die but I don't think they all die so it might come down to your individual plant as to whether... Um, well, I hope it's just my individual plant because, frankly, I should... Uh, yeah, it's old hemi and that, that gets to 10 metres, and I didn't realise that when I put it in a pot on the veranda. Right. Um, so, 
it's a pretty foolish thing to do. Well, if it's in a pot, you may be actually bonsaiing it by having a, the roots confined, so it may not get to that height. Oh, it does get to that height. I'd does it? To, uh, yes. You, you found <laughs> out in my experience, out. okay. <clears throat> it, went, it went up and then it crawled along the, uh, oh, <laughs> the roof goodness. of the veranda. Okay. So, um, and uh, I, I just cut it off at uh, you know the height I wanted and it was fine. Yep. Okay. Um, I mean, you could. It might be worth uh, cutting that flowering comb off. Mm, I was wondering. Oh, it's that. flowering all over. Is it flowering all over? I, yeah. I, I don't think I've actually seen a bamboo in flower. So well, it's flowering it's at the. Still in, it's still in bud. Right. Uh, and I don't think the flowers are going to be spectacular somehow. No. Um, probably. They're about. Um, the buds. They're straw-like. Straw. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, they're about an inch long and about three mils. And uh, all of the um, culms, the individual sort of yeah, um, yeah, stems that are all, they're they're all, all flower. Oh, okay, so it, it, it flowers on mass. Yes. Right. It's not. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, look, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not upset about losing it. No. But I am concerned for the growers. That's. Uh, I mean, there's nothing they can do. Yeah. So. But, the, it, uh, you know, uh, it would be really bad for the industry. Is the indication that other Bambusa old hamiyas are also flowering at the same time? Well, I spoke to two of the growers, mm-hmm. one here in uh, the Dingley area, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, one up in uh, northern Queensland. And uh, they they hadn't seen any uh, sign of it, but mine has just done it, you know. It may be the first one. Mm. Um, but, um, you know, at first I was excited, you know, thinking, oh, you know, this is a world, worldwide phenomenon and I'm a part of it. But then I sort of thought about the, the consequences for the industry and um, I, I was very quickly deflated. Mm. Look, it, it, it may be that, that your plant is flowering in isolation if the other growers haven't seen that um, phenomenon. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, but look, I think it'll be a, a, a watching brief a little yeah. bit to, to, to see if that's the case. I mean, if any listeners have got bamboos that are flowering, that would be good to report it in. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yes, indeed. It I mean, at, at least in your case, if if yours does die off, it's not going to be, you know, a big deal to, to just oh, rip no. that out and replant the pot. No, but no, no, I, I don't mind in the slightest. Yes, yes. I've, I've got another clumping bamboo, the name of which I don't know, but it's actually in the garden, and it's not, definitely not old hamii. Right. Uh, and it's really looking very lush and gorgeous. And no signs of bugs? No, no, no. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think the flowering events are, are there. Um, it's very unusual. I think there's very, very long intervals between bamboo yes. flowering. Yes. Well, according to years, uh, the internet, years. for what that's worth, yeah. um, uh, the estimates are... Um, about 60 to 130 years. Oh, as much yeah. as that. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And also plants in pots um, can do weird stress responses as well, so it might yeah. be flowering because it's all... Stress. Yeah, maybe it's in stressed a, in a, in a pot. and it's, it's trying to reproduce before yeah. it dies, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I hope it's, it's just a one-off. What size pot is it? I yeah. think you've done remarkably well to get something. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's been in the pot for about 20 years. Is, oh, it, is, wow. the, okay. is the pot sitting on the ground? No. No? No, no it's on a, a, um, a Victorian 
tile terrace. Oh, it's extraordinary. Oh, fantastic. Because it, uh, you know, sometimes when you've got plants in pots that are sitting you know, on, on the ground for years and years, the, the, the roots are actually in the ground. And the, yes, yeah. yes um, that's right. But that's not the case. No. You no. must be a, a good pot waterer. Um, my gardener is. <laughs> if you gardener a pay Yeah, that's right. That's I'm, a, I'm on a walking frame, so um, right. okay. I'm not very uh, uh, fit and able in the garden. Well, that's an exceptional effort to, to keep a bamboo at that height yeah. in a pot for that long. Well, yes. as John said, if anyone else out there is growing bamboo and you've noticed that you're starting to get flower buds, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, well, I hope that there are no more. Yes. Exactly. Well, yeah. the warning is out there for people to be aware. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Well, uh, thank you very much. Thank you for your call. Thanks, Ellie. Thanks. Okay, bye. Bye. And we must say good morning to Jill from the Herb Society. Hi, Jill. Hi, Pam. Hi, Jill. Um, this, this, hello. This Thursday uh, evening at 7.15, we ask people to come 7.15, so they're settled for 7.30 at Burnley. In room 10, Burnley 500, Yarra Boulevard, um, Richmond, on the, um, uh, yes, on the GPS. Anyway, um, Stephen Collis is going to talk about wall gardens and do a presentation. And he um, goes to USA for uh, six weeks each year. designing and setting up wall gardens there and of course if you've got an exposed brick wall um, then one can have uh, a garden over the wall to make it less hot in the summer so that should be very interesting yes yeah fantastic and um, uh, then we have supper and we have a raffle of a plant and and a couple of books so uh, visitors are very welcome and we ask visitors to pay $5 because the members bring all the supper. Excellent. So that should be a lovely evening. Uh, so Stephen Collis, Wall Gardens, Thursday the first, uh, the 5th of September. How long has the Herb Society been going? Uh, it's 40 years. 40 years. Um, 40, uh, began 80, uh, so it's our birthdays in June next year. It'll be 40 then. Going to have a shindig? Uh, well, we have a shindig and a birthday cake every year. That's what <laughs> we do. Good. <laughs> Any um, excuse. And then I wanted to ask a question. Um, my daughter gave me two Christmas roses. You know, I've just forgotten the botanic name. And I want to know if I can put them in a facing easterly position in the garden. Um, last year... Um, the a couple of plants really were knocked back totally, even though it was they were in the easterly aspect. You know that was a valerian, and um, another um, another herb. You know just just died because even though I watered twice a week, you know it was just too much. But I'm wondering if these are these new Christmas roses that are very tall. Right. Would they? Would that be too much for them? By Christmas roses, do you mean um, heliobora? Is yeah. it one of the yeah. heliobors? Right. Yeah. yeah. And these yeah. are the new Japanese variety. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I. I, I they can take the aspects would be totally fine. Well, yeah, the, so. the, these yeah. new Japanese varieties will can take a lot more sun. 
Oh, okay. Oh, yes. Well, that's right. Well, that that would be good because they only get, you know, the morning sun. Right. And a little bit of um, northerly uh, because I'll plant them sort of close to the wall. And so, yeah, okay, well, I'll do that. And um, my friend Mem came and and planted about 15 things because we cut out... um, Periwinkle, which had gone absolutely wild for years and years because it was green all summer till last summer when it looked ugly and I thought it has to go. So, right. Yeah, so we planted about 15 things, including um, a lemon myrtle, oh, uh, a citriodora um, that uh, Ray Boatman gave me in, 19, uh, in 2000 after I'd been president for a couple of years. Okay. So, so you've been keeping that in a pot all that time? Yes, it's been in a ceramic pot, a big pot, but, you know, we, Mem dug a big hole and then we put new, new that black soil, you know, that's um, around it and as well as, uh, well, the, the land has been composted as well. So, yes, and I've got uh, worm juice, you know, weak worm juice to feed all those plants in a, a couple of weeks, you know. Okay, well you've been busy, Jill. We've been very busy. Yes. Again, I'm, Good on you. I'm marvel at people that can hold plants in pots for that long. And oh, because you only well, need to miss, you know, one watering on a really hot day. Yeah, and the that's thing right. At risk. Well, it, the pot was actually in the shade because, okay. um, anyway, it was okay. And because it was near the front door, it was, you know, one sees it all the yes, time. Yes, so you can't help but remember. It's, and the blue, the, the, uh, a word of caution on the blue periwinkle, it, it may come back. Oh, yes. We've, I've been absolutely relentless. Good. We dug it out about six months ago. Yeah, perfect. Yep. And, you know, uh, there's a little bit near the fence, so I'm going to take the kettle and some vinegar yeah. put on those bits, you know, so that... And, uh, yes, I've got it under the japonica, which is very hard because at the moment it's in flower. I'm not going to cut those bits low down. So I have to lie on my stomach at 77 <laughs> to, get, to get it out. <laughs> well, uh, but I can get up off the ground. But I found an old, uh, found a plastic chair, a hideous blue plastic chair on the nature strip. So I polloid it. And when I, when I get up, I sort of sit in the chair for about 15 minutes to try to recover. Yeah, <laughs> good idea. Well, you're doing the sterling job. Uh, it sounds like you're doing a great job there, Jill. Yeah, good and idea, the other, Jill. the other thing I just want to say is I do talks on edible uh, indigenous plants and I've got 12 different ones in pots. And then I've got, I do talks on herb trees and I've got about 12. 10 or 12, 12 of those, and I do talk some unusual herbs. So if garden clubs wanted to um, get in touch with me, they just need to look at the website, herbsocietyvic.org, and my mobile number's on that. Okay. Terrific. Excellent. All right. All right. Thanks, Jill. Thanks, Thanks Jill. Pam. Thanks for everything. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Uh, just looking, I quickly... Uh, Double-checked um, for that listener about his broad beans. I uh, looked in Vegetables in the Home Garden, which was um, produced by the Department of Agriculture 
1982, would you believe? It's in really good condition. It's in great condition. It's been well used. Yeah, well loved. But but it just um, confirmed for me that... um, that broadband flowers will not set until the weather warms up in spring. Okay. And I, that's what I... Because we have had quite a cold... Um, August being cold. August yeah. being very cold, actually. I've had broadbeans that have been just self-seeding from last year's like, in They'll my just veggie garden, and they've just been sitting there. There's flowers right. on them, and they've just been yeah. sitting there. Yeah, but they're not going to set. But hopefully from now on, we're going to start to see that, that, that spring weather cup in. But they, are, but they don't actually they don't require bees, is that...? No, I think... Yeah, so, I'm um, pretty sure that's right. I think they need insects. Yeah, pollinate them. Yeah, it'd be a tiny insect. Sure. Yeah. 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 Well, that's good. Okay. That's good. Yeah. And we had um, someone call in on the outside line. Wendy from Newport said her bamboo is currently flowering. Okay. Oh. It's also in a pot and showing signs of being pot bound. Okay. So, so but that's we don't know the variety So that could again. be stress. Yeah, it could mm. be a stress stress response, which is cool because it's really like we were saying, it's really hard to get bamboo to flower because it can take hundreds of years. Yeah. So. Put in a pot, stress it out. Yeah, and, and you'll flower it. <laughs> and it'll, it'll might start Yeah, flowering. but then you're going to lose it. So <laughs> you do that. Well, perhaps, I think, is perhaps. the... Perhaps, yeah. yeah. Don't know. Possibly. Um, but there is that... There is... I mean, that... I mean, two's not... That's not a trend. It's not no, worldwide. No. Not worldwide, <laughs> no. but, but the, the, there was that phenomenon of synchronised flowering. There was. Um, yes. In, in, in the wild, so... Yeah, so definitely something to look out yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Next time anyone's walking through the um, Botanic Gardens, they should have a look at the, the bamboos in Melbourne, in Melbourne Botanic yeah, Gardens, yeah. and see what you know whether they're budding up or not. Mm. I could I could drop something in. I can speak to the bamboo garden curator uh, at the at the Melbourne Gardens. That would be interesting. And, and maybe drop something on the Facebook. Yeah. As to whether um, she's noticed any flowering of her collection. That would be great. Sure. I'll just a just a reminder, that. which we. Try and keep reminding our listeners to go to our Facebook page. Um, if you are on Facebook, just type in 3CR Gardening Show and um, all of these posts will come up. So, um, yeah, that would be great, John. Fantastic. And, Pam, I do think you need to take a photograph of that, uh, of that <laughs> book yes. um, and put that, on the, uh, put that on the Facebook page as well. It is fantastic. It around with me from pillar to post. That, is, that makes me very happy. That's, yeah. that's really, that's a well-loved book. It's a well-loved book. book. Yeah, exactly. And obviously a good book too because it's so, like, it's so obviously a useful book. Well, so you shouldn't be embarrassed totally. about it. <laughs> no, do take a photo and, and, and drop that on. You really should. Okay. That's, that's something well, it's else. it's much better than having a book that looks pristine and you never open yeah. it and yeah. never read what's yeah. inside. That's right. So, no, yeah. no, no, no I like it. I think it's, I'm, <laughs> really, I'm really impressed by oh, that. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> we are running through until 9.15, so if you're wanting to ask a gardening question this morning or make a comment, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you do have uh, about... 15 minutes or so to ring in. So the number, 94190155 to speak to uh, John and Chloe or if you'd like to have a chat uh, to uh, Doug. Doug is on the... Oh, putting through the phone through. <laughs> <laughs> to Liz. Um, I went blank there for a minute. To Liz <laughs> on the outside line, 94198377. But, uh, yes, as I say, we do have to finish up at quarter past nine, so now's your opportunity. Any other plans that I don't know about coming up at Cranbourne, John? 
Oh, we yeah, with that Ian Potter area that we're looking at. Yep. That w- it was designed really well for events as a as a big event precinct. Yes. But we've not really been able to do that much in the way of events there for a whole host of reasons. Okay. Um. So we're we're rethinking a little bit of the of of the Ian Potter area to make still have the capacity to run events. Yes. But to activate it during the day. Or during for the rest of the time when there's no events happening, which is the majority of the time. So right. we're we're currently looking at at, at, at options to um, put a bit more shade in there. Because um, it's uh, very open picnic, at the moment, some, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's right. Some picnicy facilities and yep. um, you know make it a, a, a place where people can stop and dwell. It's possibly one of the criticisms of the Cranbourne Garden is. Um, uh, there's not a lot of opportunities just to stop and 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 rest and. You know, like the Melbourne Gardens, there's just opportunities everywhere yeah. to, to slow down, and stop just, and rest, yep. and recuperate. Um, the, the Have cr- you got enough seats dotted around? Pro- probably that's, not. That's probably part yeah, of it. Yeah, probably. Seats and shade. And yes, so, yes. So we're rethinking the, the Ian Potter Lake, Lakeside area okay. yes, um, yes, to right. make it much more a place where families can stop and, and, and dwell and just you know, do their thing. Right, uh, which is a which is no, that's a great it's idea. It's a really nice, really nice project. Yep. Um, and we've got another. Uh, there's an area where our grass trees uh, are, the big old grass trees. Yes, that, yes. Um, and we're looking at, at putting a raised boardwalk in through the in through that area and oh, planting more grass trees into right. that area. That um, would be spectacular. It's going to be really beautiful. That would be yeah. wonderful. Because there's been some issues with um, uh, visitors and com- compaction on the root systems of the of the grass trees. Yeah, and, I can imagine that. Um, and they're really our probably our most significant plants. Mm. Um, uh, they're not necessarily in decline, but but there's an opportunity for us to to provide much better growing conditions by yep, taking for pe- sure. r- raising people off the ground. They're in good health. You want to keep them in good health. That's exactly right. Yeah. 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 Yep. So that's a that's a nice little initiative. And it initiative. gives people an opportunity to go and look up close without compacting the soil, which yeah. is exactly. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, but there's, look, there's always there's always stuff happening in the garden, isn't there? Oh, of course. But, um, Absolutely. I think the garden. Look, I think complete credit to the current crop of horticulturists at the gardens. I think the, the Cranmer Gardens is looking as as good as it ever has at the moment. Great. We've we've, we've got this really dedicated bunch of. Um, it, it's almost critical mass of unhinged plant nuts, <laughs> 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 which is really good. So it'll be, yep. it, it's almost it in the it's, it is yep. it, it's almost in the key selection criteria. Um, <laughs> unhinged plant nut, yes or no? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, you're shortlisted. No, mm, mm. possibly not. Yes, <laughs> possibly yes. not. Anyway, we've got we've got a great staff that are doing some really good things at the moment. I went away with a couple of the um, that, un- those great very <laughs> very incredibly unhinged yep. plant nuts. Yep. Um, a, about a month or so to ago. East Gippsland. To East Gippsland, yeah. correct. Yep. And to collect eucalyptus alata, yep. which is the river peppermint. Yep. Which e- which will be grown for the forest garden. Yes. I believe. But you saw a whole ma- all manner of other things. Yeah, it's yeah. such East Gippsland is such a diverse yeah, it's great. area of Victoria. Yeah. Little pockets of um, leftover temperate rainforest, rainforest yep. and an incredible pocket of Carimbia maculata, the yep. spotted gum. The boys were so excited. <laughs> I was excited too. Yeah, yeah. But um, Matt but and Russell, who I was with, who yep. are horticulturalists at Cranbourne. Yeah. Um, were absolutely beside themselves. <laughs> we, we hadn't planned to go to see this little pocket of Carimbia maculata. Yep. Um, That's in the Mottle Range. In yeah. the Mottle Range, which yeah. is about halfway between Nowa Nowa and Buchan. Yep. 
it is like it, it's it's open to the public. It's accessible yep. through. Um, half of it was made was made roads, yeah. and then the rest was a you know a well kept dirt road. Um, but it is probably maybe know, like a couple of acres worth of spotted gum. Spotted gum, and the natural range of spotted gum finishes sort of at the the top of what we call the New South Wales South Coast. Yep. Around about Eden. No, no, further up, further, further up, up than that. Right. It's it's a it's a really decent distance. Yeah, right. Four hundred, five hundred kilometres, that sort of thing. Yeah, probably yeah. something like that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure on the specifics of where it, where it does stop growing, but yep. there is this leftover pocket. This outrider. Outrider, and it yep. is on the Mottle Range, so it is like a um, at the top of the range, but it's only on one side yep. of the range. Very, very um, kind of uh, shaly, shaly soil, yep. um, or uh, like quite rocky. Yep. And it is on, it would have been on the the north-facing side, the warmer side, and yeah. a healthy population too. So yeah. older advanced trees, yeah. and they're the recruiting. So there's quite a number of young ones, yeah. all different all different shapes and sizes yeah. of these trees. We were so excited. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. I, I rode my bike there about 10 years ago. Yeah. And nearly fell off my bike when I saw, <laughs> <laughs> when I saw these trees. Yeah, it just, it just starts and it just stops. stops and yeah. it probably goes for about... 50 metres along the road yep. and then down the slope a little bit and then it just stops. Yep. And you just your eyes go funny because there's just these spotted bark everywhere in front of you. Yep. And it was really, really cool. And spotted gums, they, they have an annual sort of bark shed. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, when in that just after they've shed their bark, they're quite spectacular. It's really beautiful. I mean, you see them quite commonly in, as urban street trees. And yeah. In, in, as planted plants, they're a beautiful garden they're tree. A great tree. Absolutely, yeah. garden big. beautiful. Yes, they yeah. do get quite big. So, yeah. you get, like you would plant it as a specimen yeah. tree in a park or yeah, in, yeah. A big, in a big garden. The, yeah, the bark on them is absolutely beautiful. And when we were up there, it had been raining oh, a lot, gorgeous. so the the, barks, the colours yeah. were just brought out so much more. Yeah, it was absolutely beautiful. You, I, I really like trunks. Yes, like you know, but just the bark and trunks. Oh and yeah, you, you would grow plants. Just for bark, bark well, and trunks. I mean, yeah. think about a um, a, a, um, a birch. Oh, like yes. Like the, the, the um, I can't think of the name of the, there's a particular birch, it might be the paper birch or something like that. The sil- with, the, with the flaky, with the flaky silvery bark, yeah. Bark. yeah, the silver birch tree? It's silver birch, but then there's other, other yeah. species. Yeah, But But even silver birch, yeah. I mean, gorgeous, gorgeous trunks. Well, one mm. another trunk I love is um, Pinus canariensis, the Canary Island pine tree. Pink pink it's really tessellated right. like square bark yeah um pattern bark yeah um so obviously close re- relative to the pinus the radiata pine yeah, yeah. but pinus canariensis the bark is this really cool pinky pink? color yeah when it when it flakes off I, I, I saw in someone's garden uh a cornus that was bare at this time of year oh yes and that was absolutely spectacular yes. it was like yeah. red yes properly yeah. red yes yeah. they're amazing they're amazing yeah Chloe, we should get to your plants. Oh, well, yeah, why not? We've got them sitting in front of us. Yes, <laughs> we've been staring at them a whole program. Let's talk about them. Well, yes, they are on the Facebook page, so we probably should get to them. I just brought in a selection of little ground cover grevilleas. So I was running around um, work yesterday at Branch Out Nursery in North Ringwood. So thanks to Paul for lending me um, these plants for this morning. I was running, going, oh, wind, it's winter, it's really cold, winter cold, and now it's spring, so that's a bit, that sort of negates it. But, um. What's well, sprinter, actually? It is, sorry, John. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dude. Yeah. Um, all th- 
through winter, there we've had grevilleas in stock that have been flowering. Yes, so we, they're amazing. Yeah, and, and going by, you know, AB's Habitat book and um, wanting to, well, A, you want you want colour in your garden all year round. Sure. And B, having colour in your garden and um, things and plants flowering, you know, provides um, food for the little little insects and little birds that are around. So there's a lot of grevilleas that flower. Most grevilleas will flower sporadically throughout the year, but there's a lot of um, there's a lot of grevilleas that will flower mainly in winter. So I've got I've bought in a couple. What do you want to start with? I've got Jelly Baby. This is one of my favourites. Jelly Baby. Yeah, really cool oh, name. That's beautiful. Sort of um, a bluey bluey grey kind of coloured foliage, and the flowers are on the ends of the stems. Bright bright pink flowers on the ends of the stems. Um, spreads to about a metre and will get, oh, it'll only get about um, 30 to 40 centimetres high. Uh, full sun, um, as a you know, grevillea will do well in most soils, um, but doesn't like sitting in water. So okay. well-drained no, soil, um, full sun, bird attracting, and it look, it'll look good in a pot too as a little, um, as a, you know, little specimen feature plant. Mm. It would look great in a pot. Yeah, it looks would, great in this pot at the moment. Yeah, it would look great in circles in red sand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. Just saying. Oh, I don't know if the red would quite no. go with the sand no, colour. I think not. this pink <laughs> might clash. With yeah, it. Yes, I think it'll clash. <laughs> you can't have that one. Too. No, I don't. <laughs> it's um, so it's a it's a hybrid between Grevillea lanigera and Grevillea lavangelacea, okay. which are two very very reliable species of Grevillea. Um, and yeah, so just a fantastic little plant. Obviously, a really cute name and a really nice label too. And and full of flowers. Full of flowers. And buds. And buds, yes. So it's obviously been flowering for a little while, and it's going to keep flowering for even longer. Yeah. So I'd say it'll flower from, well, at least midwinter. It'll flower through spring and probably through most of summer as well. That's fantastic. Which is, yeah. which is the beauty of most grevilleas. Yeah. Mm. Repeat they flowering. Repeat flowering. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I used to hate. Grevilleas as a child really? because mum and dad in the front of the letterbox at home there used to be a grevillea growing there called and I'm pretty sure it was like grevillea scarlet sprite uh-huh. which is the prickliest gosh darn <laughs> grevillea ever like really next fine next to the letterbox so as a kid you're like oh I'm going out to the letterbox to get the letters and get Impaled. And get impaled <laughs> by this grevillea, and it took me abs- it took me years to forgive them, <laughs> and I still haven't forgiven grevillea scarlet right, okay. okay. But if you want to block off an area. And, and and not have people go through an area, put in Grevillea Scarlet Sprite because it's also really tough. Um, what were your parents thinking? Well, they obviously didn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> or they didn't want you to see what came in the mail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking. No. I don't think it was an educated no. um, okay. selection. Um, but anyway, so I've forgiven Grevilleas and now I absolutely love them. And this one is just super cute and really, really fantastic. Brilliant. So let's go on to the next one. So yes. different colour. Um, so this one is called Grevillea Gold Fever. So another ground cover Grevillea. It'll get to about a metre and a half by a metre wide, which is a really good spread. And um, only again, only about 30 to 40 centimetres high. Um, this one is um, frost hardy as well. I don't know the species of Grevillea that it comes parent, from. No. Um, but beautiful little 
pale yellow, yellowy orange flowers on them. Again, really bird attracting, really, really tough. Full sun to part shade. Um, Well-drained well soils um, and, and frost. So if you are in a colder area, gold fever would probably be a really good option. That looks like it would clip up okay as well. Yeah, I reckon it would. Yep. Yeah, I reckon it would. Um, so, again, it's, so it's one of the bigger ground covers, so you get a really good spread. And if you pruned it, I think it would stay really, really, really dense tight, because yeah. it is a slightly wider yep. coverage. So, but good size, you know, that, that uh, what, 30 centimetres, 40 mm, centimetres by yeah. a couple of metres? By a metre and a half. By a metre and a half. Yeah, two metres if you didn't prune it, probably. So if you planted uh, five or six of them in a drift, that would yeah. be spectacular. It would be absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And again, um, I know gold fever flowers has a really long flowering period too. So you would get that winter colour, yeah. um, providing you know food and shelter for little animals as well. And because it's a ground cover, it, it is providing shelter for... Um, for the little little bird um, little birds that are flying around and, and also other little um, little critters that are running around the garden as well. So ground cover grevillea, we love them. Mm. And I'll, last one before we move on. So grevillea mount tamboretha is oh, a okay. That's a beauty. It is a beauty. It's yeah. been around forever. Yeah. Um, it's a really common garden plant, but I just love it. It just it's probably. It'd be 40 centimetres by 40 centimetres. It might get a little bit wider than that. But it just grows in a little poofy little ball of green <laughs> with um, pinky mauvey flowers on the very tips of the plants. And, again, it flowers for a really long period. Super tough plant. Um, it does do better in a shadier spot as well. But I, it's, I often see it planted in the middle of roundabout. So if it's planted in a roundabout, it's a damn it's tough plant. Tough. Yep. Yeah, yep. really, really tough plant. Yep. Um, so if you if you've got you know a really hard spot to grow something, the soil might you know might not be great or it might be really exposed. Yep. Um, and you need you know a little ground cover. I'd probably be going with Grevillea Mount Tamboretha. Um, it's it is Grevillea linigera, which is, again is a really tough, reliable species of plant. Yep. Mm. Great. So, we've right. had a query in from the outside line there, John. Yeah, it's Janine from Frankston has a eucalyptus pulverulenta, the silver mountain gum. It's been in the ground for two years, and this winter it looks like it's dying. Leaves have turned brown, it's dry, like it's dried out. Um, so it's leafless. It's a leafless um, right. eucalyptus pulverulenta. Um, and the, but the branches aren't dead, so they're still active bark by, by yep. the sound of it. Um, happened last winter, but the leaves came back. So the, I think the good thing about eucalyptus pulverulenta um, is that you can actually coppice it. Yes. Um, okay. Chop, chop it down to practically the ground, uh, and, it, and it kicks back. It um, could be a bit wet at the moment as well. I know a lot of people are having issues with, um, with damp soils. Even we have had a lot of rain. Yeah, yep. we've had a lot of rain. Okay. It could be a bit of a response to wetness. Sure. Um, Frankston might be sandy Frankston soil, would be pretty possibly. Well Could be, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you're right. I mean, that they uh, some some of those things do sulk at this time. Lots of things sulk at this yeah. time of year. Yeah. Um, uh, but but I, I'd suggest with the eucalyptus pulverulenta, it might be coppice it, as in cut it back very very hard. Yes. And that'll just promote um, a whole bunch of new branches coming yep. from the base effectively. Yep. Yeah. We had a couple of. There's a couple of those 
pulverulenta, the baby blues at Karanga as well, and we coppice it. And there's ones in Melbourne Gardens that they coppice all the time all as the time. well. All the time, yeah. Yep. yeah. yeah. Birrung Ma, I think they're, yeah. there's a hedge of eucalyptus pulverulenta that get yep. coppiced every okay. couple of years, They're I pretty think. tough, and if it's still green in the stems, then I'd say, like, don't worry about it. It'll start reshooting as soon as the weather warms up yeah. anyway. Yeah, so maybe coppice in... Uh, once the weather warms yeah. up a bit, maybe in a couple of weeks. Yeah, if you coppice it now while it's still a bit cool and wet, it, it might, might drown. It, over. it yeah. might tip it. So yep. just leave it, leave it looking a bit crappy. Maybe start <laughs> of October. Yeah. So Janine, we reckon get the secateurs out. Chop Feel it, brave. Go go for it. Yeah. Uh, chop it down to you know within ten or fifteen centimeters of the base. Yep. So there'll be nothing left. Yeah. It'll seem very odd. But um, it'll but come trust up us, nice. it'll, it'll, give us it'll be beautiful. It'll come back hard. Yep. Be okay. brave. Yep, be brave. <laughs> now, um, we have had a couple of calls come in. I don't know if we're going to have time to get yeah. through um, them. We might try one so, if we can, Chloe, please. Yeah, good morning to Carol in Bentley East. Oh, good morning. Uh, Carol, if you can be really quick, we're running out of time. Oh, look, um, a Rabina lace lady in a pot, can I put that in the garden near the front door? Um, Rabina, yeah. Yeah, it's a lace, it's a cultivar of um, the Rabina. And um, I believe it suckers. Oh, so uh, that's the deciduous tree? Yes. Yeah. So where did you want to, where did you want to put it? Near the well, front I door. Want, yeah, near the front door. <laughs> Um, how much room is there for... Cause oh, there's about um, three by two metres. Okay, okay. I mean, they, they're, they're a small tree. Um, yeah. So, you know, they're, they're certainly not a shrub. They'll, they'll, they'll get up. Um, but if you had a... If you trained it that it had a single trunk rather than branched, um, I think it'd sit okay in that space. But, but be aware that it is a, 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 a you know, small to medium-sized tree. Oh, right. Well, thank you very much. I'll let you go. Okay. No Thanks, Bye. Carol. And hello to Gwen in Mount Waverley. Hello. Yes. How are you hey, going? Gwen. Not bad. I have a beautiful camellia, uh, flowering beautiful, and uh, it's years old, but I know the flowers drop, but the leaves are also dropping off the tree, and I'm just wondering what's going on there. Are they the old leaves or the new leaves? Well, all the leaves on it. It's just like a carpet under the tree with the flowers. Oh, did you get leaf drop from it being too wet? Well, it might have been all the rain and that that we did yeah. have. Yes. We've had a lot in the last you know, few weeks. Which yeah, I did feed it uh, with dynamic lifter. How much? A couple of handfuls. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. I spread it around and then it rained, so it got sort of washed in. Yeah. So I'm just a bit worried about it because it's an absolutely magnificent tree and the colour's beautiful and I love it, but I don't want to lose it. <laughs> anyway, maybe it's too wet for it. Look, it, it, it'll be something to do with the, the root system. I think Chloe could be right. It could, it, it could be that it's too, that it's too wet and um, you're getting a little bit of a root rot. Yeah. Um, maybe some, some sea salt or some liquid... Um, something to stimulate the roots might be might be good, oh, and, yeah. and and maybe a really gentle fork to just get a little bit of air into the soil as well might be might be worth a shot. And some of them do shed their leaves as well. So okay, all right. Then. So cross your fingers because the weather's warming up, which will also help which the soil help. to dry out. Yeah. yeah, it shoots away right from the base as well, but I keep cutting that off. You know, coming up from the bottom of the tree. Okay, okay. They even got the cheek to have flowers on that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, okay. Right. thanks, Thank you. And uh, 
Ron in Doncaster, I'm afraid we have run out of time. If you can phone in next Sunday morning um, and we'll try to get to your, um, your queries nice and early. But I'm afraid we have run out of time for another week. Great to see you again, John. Beauty Pam. Keep thanks. up the good work. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> and, um, yes, it, I look forward to, if you can um, find out about uh, the, the bamboo. Bam- so some homework. Bamboo. Yep. And, and also the structure for the bandicoot. And we'll yes. follow its yeah, progress. That's right. Yeah, bamboo and the big bandicoot. Yes, double yes. B. Double yep. B. Double B's. <laughs> I'm on it. That would be great. Um, we do have to go. A huge thank you um, to Doug and to Liz, who've been handling all the phone calls this morning. We will be back again uh, next Sunday morning at 7.30. So until then, bye for now. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.